listening to the Retirement Remix Show with financial advisors and host Chip Munn, that's me, and John Tate of Signature Wealth Group. Get ready for a bite-sized dose of timely and actionable financial planning and retirement tips alongside remixed retirement stories from real people just like you. Listen in now to be inspired, find direction, and build your own retirement remix. John Tate, what's up, man? Chip Munn, it's a Friday morning, and I hope you are well. You know it. I told you I listened to my favorite podcast on the way home from bringing my kid to school this morning, and uh, you sound amazing, and I sound like apparently I'm from Alabama. <laughs> there are worse places to be from. I suppose so. Uh, well, uh, for those of you in Alabama, uh, thank you. Uh, John, uh, we do listen to listeners. So John had a friend who pointed out that, uh, where is that guy from, Alabama? Just to clear it up for anybody who's wondering, I'm from South Carolina. John is in North Carolina. And, John, uh, it's funny because I'm just glad to know that people are listening. And so that is uh, – that's wonderful. Uh, you have a friend who made that comment. I have a friend who texts me every week when the show comes out to let me know what percentage of the show that I spoke versus you spoke. That's kind of his little uh, – it's not a drinking game, but it's kind of a timing game. So, uh, Eric, if you're listening – I'm going to try to at least keep it 50-50 today. We'll see how it goes. John, today we're going to talk about Social Security. We spent the last several weeks talking about kind of things that go out, right, taxes. And, you know, this week we're going to kind of start a few weeks of talking about money coming in. Social Security is a big piece of a lot of people's retirement future. It's kind of a bit of a, a cornerstone. What are your kind of initial takes on Social Security. How did it start? Where did it come from? Uh, what's the kind of origin story? Well, um, you know, it's one of those things. I think it has become, become something that people think of as America's pension plan. And that's, you know, there's parts of it that's true and, and parts of it that are a little bit different than that. But I think everybody in some way, shape, or form counts on Social Security to provide some portion of their retirement expenses. And uh, I think what we try to, um, you know, get people to understand is that it was never intended to be the entirety of your retirement income. Although I do understand that there are folks that, you know, through whatever happens in their life or improper planning or not enough time, uh, you know, they end up depending on Social Security for a large portion. Of, of what they spend in retirement. But, you know, it started in 1935. It was uh, there to provide retirement income for certain U.S. workers, and it started out as something that was non-governmental, and, and there's still some some trade-ins trade on that. But, um, you know, some of the similarities and differences to a pension plan, you know, we all pay money into it while we're working. Uh, the monthly benefit is based both on our earnings over time and our work history, how many years we've been included in the workforce. And, um, you know, it's the idea that we typically begin collecting when we stop working. Now, there are some kind of tricks, uh, uh, tips uh, that we can offer as far as the timing of that, and we'll get to that later on. But, um, you know, some of the differences, it's not designed to produce a living wage. So it is a supplement to 
to what you normally get uh, that you live on, uh, but it's not not supposed to be the whole thing. Uh, it was funded to provide support and disability payments, and the difference between Social Security and a pension, as some of you know, uh, when it comes to spousal benefits and things like that, is that you can collect Social, social Security based on someone else's work history, and that's not true of a pension. A pension is usually just your own work history and your own uh, benefit. So those are some of the similarities and differences and, and kind of where it started. But I have clients, Chip, that will, I mean, they know exactly, and it's partly because they've they've worked with us to find out, but they know the day that they're going to start retire, uh, collecting Social Security. Do you have clients like that? Absolutely. Well, and it's, you know, one of the things that I have found is that Social Security is just an area where while it's been around since 1935, people have a ton of questions about it. It, it, in part, probably because it makes up, like you said, a chunk of everybody's retirement income for the most part. And, and so one of the biggest things that I see is some of the, do, are there people who know exactly when they're going to take it? Um, yes, more so I know people are more, I guess, understanding of when they can start to take it, right? There's almost like a, a star on the calendar that day of that year is this is when I can I can start to take it if I want to. And so um, for most people, uh, well, actually, I guess um, for all people, you first become eligible at age 62. But the big question for a lot of people is, well, when should I start? I, just because I'm eligible, right? It, it's interesting how the government works. You've got some things when you can first start to take it, and you've got other different dates. It's a wonder people can keep up with any of it, that you have to start taking things like we've talked about uh, required minimum distributions. But, John, when, you know, we know that you can start at age 62, but how do the benefits work? We can start at 62, but what are some of the other options, and, and kind of how does that work? So between the ages of 62 and age 70, um, Social Security increases, your benefit increases by 8% each year if you're not already collecting it. And so the earlier you take it, the less time that it has had to grow. And the later you take it, you know, your benefit will be larger. And so that's part of the, the Social Security maximization that we run everybody through to try to figure out. But uh, you know, anybody born uh, 1960 or after your full retirement age, that age at which you can start collecting and your benefit is not impacted in any way, shape or form by income from another source. So let's say you're still working at age 67 and you start collect your to collect your benefit. It is what it is. Um, if you are still working and you start to collect your benefit at age 62, like you mentioned earlier, there is some reduction in your benefit that Social Security will take away from you and not give it to you while you're working. So those are all kinds of things that people look at and try to figure out within their own situation what they want to do and when to take the benefit. And, you know, as you know, eligibility is determined by work history. And so how do we do that? And so if you're gauging it in 2021, if you're still working like you and I are, for every $1,470 we make, we earn one credit and we can earn up to four credits per year. And if you were born in 1929 or later, which is 
quite a few people these days, uh, most everybody, you need 40 credits, essentially 10 years of full-time work to receive social security benefits when you retire, whenever that is between 62 or after age 62. And, um, so, you know, those are some of the, the years that, that you can kind of check off and, and look towards uh, planning for retirement and figuring out what you're going to do. Um, but, you know, one of the things that people, one of the things that kind of drives people's consideration of when they take Social Security is sometimes because it is a pay-as-you-go system, Chip, sometimes they worry about whether or not it's going to be there. And I'm not sure that people fully understand the pay-as-you-go method. How does that How does that work? What do you tell your clients when they ask you that question? Well, the first, first thing I would point out is that this has been a question. I've been in uh, the financial planning business for 22, going on 23 years. And this has been a question uh, – literally probably since I started, uh, is whether or not Social Security is going to be solvent and how's that going to work. And it becomes a political conversation every, you know, couple of years because there's always some concern uh, about the impact. Yeah, A big part of that, John, as you mentioned, is that it's a pay-as-you-go system. So the money being paid in by current workers is actually what's used to pay the current retirees. And when we go back to... 1935, and I don't remember the statistics exactly, but there were significantly more workers than retirees, right? Back then, people didn't live as long. So you you would retire and you'd have, I don't know, let's pick a number, seven years, uh, that, that it was built for that, that, that these three workers were going to pay for your one worker's seven years of retirement. Well, now those numbers have changed dramatically, not only because the people paying in versus the number of retirees, but also because we're, and one of the reasons we talk about all this planning is because we're living longer on average in retirement. And so it's a system that it requires supplement now, uh, in part, by, and by supplement, I mean personally, you have to supplement uh, your lifestyle. There's a, a gap between what Social Security in a lot of cases is going to pay for and what your spending needs are. But the reason for that is because it was never intended to be full pay forever. And so, you know, any of the money in a given year where folks, uh, money's coming in versus money going out, anytime there's a surplus, it goes into the Social Security Trust Fund, which is supposed to be used in uh, future years for times when current contributions aren't sufficient to cover all the program's obligations. And I think that's the biggest concern. I, I would just point out, John, that it's it's been, if you're listening to this and you're worried about whether or not uh, Social Security is going to be solvent for you, do understand this. While there are plenty of unknowns, just know that for 20 years, people have been concerned, and for all 20 of those years, folks have been getting Social Security paychecks. So that's, it's important to, to note that. John, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, I know there are actually a couple of different trust. How does the, the system work in that way? Some of the confusion about who gets what and who qualifies has to do with the two trust funds that are out there. And one trust fund is the Old Age and Survivors Insurance Trust Fund, OASI. And uh, that's the one that pays the retirement benefits. And then you have the Disability Insurance Trust Fund, 
that pays if you are disabled and can no longer work. So that trust fund would take care of people that don't have the ability to work until 62 and kind of cover the gap for them there. And um, those benefits are usually less uh, than they would be if they, you know, the workers made it all the way to retirement age, but there is something. And so that kind of kind of fills in the gaps for those workers that, that might be less fortunate, ran into an accident, whatever it was. And, um, you know, so, so there's that. And then, um, you know, we talked about how much money goes in every year and how many, you know, credits. Um, one of the questions that we see in this office a lot uh, has to do with how the benefit is determined. And, um, you know, it's, it's all, it's, it seems like it's, um, it would be based on maybe, I don't know, the highest five or this, that. It's actually a much longer uh, time period. Your benefit is based on your highest 35 years of averaged earnings. And so when you look at 35 years of work, yes, the longer you work, you are kicking out those years, maybe in high school where you are, you know, worked as a dishwasher like I did or a, a, a server at a restaurant or something where you're, you're not making much money. So you're kicking out those lower years and increasing the, the benefit to yourself. But um, it is over a very long period of time. And so usually if in your later years, if you switch to some kind of part-time work or, um, you know, maybe some consulting work that's less than what you were making when you were at your, your highest earning wage, it's really not going to impact your benefit all that much. And I, I don't know if you get that question in, in your office, but we do here is um, what happens if I work at a lower salary? Does my benefit get reduced? Um, we run into that quite a bit. And, uh, and so with this calculation, I, I think the answer for that is, is typically no. Um, but um, if you can think about it, uh, do you have any, any clients where one spouse does all the work and another one stays home? Absolutely. Kids or elderly parents. I mean, you, you see lots of times these days, uh, more now probably than, yeah, I, I think there was a period of time where you, you had more one income households and then but then for the last several decades I think it's been yeah a two-income household but I think we're starting to see more uh, folks for one reason or another having kind of gaps in their employment maybe it's uh, a mom or dad who is staying home to raise younger kids you know I have a uh, a client who just had twins and uh, you know I think that her staying home, it was important kind of for her during that developmental period, but it means that later, you know, there's a gap in that work history. So I do think that we're seeing more of that. Uh, Actually, in reality, one of the things that I probably get asked more about is the money going in. Like, what am I paying into this? We start talking about how each worker's paying in, um, and so important to note that at least in 2021, 6.2% of your wages go into Social Security up to the first $142,800 of income that you make. So a portion of, and I think, John, that leads to, you know, that I've paid in, I've been paying this all these years, and a lot of cases can really drive people towards that age 62 I want to take money out. We're going to talk about that in a later episode because that's a psychological thing. You know, at least as a takeaway from this episode, one thing I think it's important to just to, to reinforce is that, 
your, your full retirement age, at least for folks, most folks now, is between 66 and 67, somewhere in between those two. And anything less than that, you're actually not getting a portion of what you were, quote, supposed to get by waiting to full retirement age. And so it's just one of those things that I think that especially when you look at, again, the worker puts in 6.2%, the company puts in another 6.2%. So that's where the money ultimately is coming from, right? But if you're self-employed, yeah, we talked some last week, I think, about business taxes. If you're self-employed, you're paying both portions. And so it's important to understand uh, what's going in, because obviously it's money you're not making now, but also how that's going to drive with those 35 years you talked about of empl- 10 to 35, right, how that's going to drive what it is that uh, you're ultimately going to be taken out. So it's an incredibly complex topic, one that literally affects uh, pretty much every American, and one, John, that I'm looking forward to seeing us uh, really dig into here over the next few weeks. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's a, we, um, if you, if you do, if you're jumping in on Social Security because you see Social Security and you want to learn more about that, if you're a business owner, it might make sense to jump back to that tax episode where we talk a little bit about business taxes because I think that is where when you're self-employed and you're having to pay both sides of the the, the, um, the self-employment um, tax, then that's where it might become better for you to have a different business structure where you would, you know, be able to escape some of that and, and do some different things. So that might be something just to jump back and listen to. And then, um, you know, we, we kind of covered the basics of social security today. And, um, you know, we have a restaurant here in Wilmington called the basic, they serve you food that is, you know, your fried food, but it's done really well. And at the end, they throw in a little surprise. Uh, they all, they have a, sometimes they'll have a Coca-Cola cake. I don't know if you've had Coca-Cola cake, but that's one of my favorites. Um, but at any rate, I hope today we covered the basics. We get you started in Social Security, maybe threw in a few surprises in there and uh, get you ready for the next episode uh, where we're going to dig a little deeper into Social Security and how it might impact you and help you. Absolutely. And if you have questions about Social Security, we have a guide. Uh, just reach out to us and we'll be happy to send you uh, our Social Security guide. So we look forward to uh, seeing you back here next week. John, until next Friday. Until next Friday. There we have it. Another great episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, here are four ways that we can help. First, complete the Retirement Success Scorecard to discover whether or not you're on track to a successful retirement on your terms. You can find this at SignatureWealth.com scorecard. Second, get a complimentary copy of my book, The Retirement Remix. Whether you're interested in real-life retirement stories and inspiration from others like you, or you want to learn more about Medicare and Social Security, it's all in there. Go to theretirementremix.com to grab your copy. Third, listen in on bi-weekly office hours with our team. We host live virtual office hours to share new investment and planning information and answer your money, markets, and retirement questions. Find the details to join us at signaturewealth.com slash office hours. And fourth, 
Schedule a complimentary strategy call with one of our advisors to make sure you're on track toward your ideal retirement. Go to SignatureWealth.com and select the Signature Wealth office closest to you. We'll be back here next week for more on the Retirement Remix. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode.